Hi there. Thanks for tuning into the Jasmine Star Show today. I hope you're having a wonderful day because it's about to get better. You are going to listen to a conversation I had with my sweet friend, Stacy Tushel. Stacy is an expert on growing small businesses, which she literally began doing at the age of 18 in her parents' backyard. She has created multiple seven-figure businesses, hosts a top-rated podcast, and is releasing her second book. Now, I don't want to give it away, but y'all, she dropped some truth bombs in this episode today about how to grow or add to your business online. So if you are a brick and mortar business and you have been affected by the shelter in place order, or maybe you're wondering, how do I pivot this year? Or if you're a service-based business who is thinking about expanding your services to be offered virtually, there is something in this interview for you. I hope you're going to love this conversation. So I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Here's my interview with Stacey Tischel. Friends, I am so excited. I always say I'm so excited, but this time I'm saying so with a bunch of O's at the end of it because my friend, sweet, sweet, amazing, brilliant soul that she is. Her name is Stacy, and I met her a few years ago because we were happy to be part of the same mastermind. Now, I have to tell you that the first time I got to know Stacy, the first time I saw Stacy, she stood up at a flipboard, like one of those things you use with like large markers and a big white poster board. And she goes up and she writes down this strategy and she had questions about the strategy. And I'm going to be real. The embarrassing small part of me was like, I thought, who is this girl? Cause she talks just as fast as I do. And she wants to take over the world and she wants to do 18,000 things at once. And you want to know what Stacy? She did them all. So if any of you are looking at what is humanly possible by a singular person, never ever look at Stacy and out her because when she puts her mind to something, she just kills it. And over the years, she has done exactly that. She sets her mind onto empowering entrepreneurs, both in the physical space and in the digital space. We've grown our businesses together. She's really stepped into owning and embodying her full power. And the fact that she is going to be sharing this today is such a wild gift. So Stacy, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I never heard that story. So I was like, oh my goodness, what did I do up there? <laughs> no, but, you, uh, but that sounds like me. I probably did go and I'm going to do all of this stuff. You did. You did. It was like this, it was like this 18 part strategy of if this person didn't do this and then they do debt and what do you offer them and how do they go there? And I'm just like, what the heck is going on? And you want to know what? You did it all flawlessly. And every day you would show up with your great purse and your hair done and perfectly quaffed. And I was like, that's Stacy girl. She got it going on. Like she just has it going on. So mm. thank you for sharing your got it going on with us today. I'm going to start off by saying something because I know I'm going to hear it on the back end of the podcast. I don't know how to say the words brick and mortar. <laughs> I just, I'm just going to say brick and motor. Okay. So, you know, Can I, I can't, something though, what I have never, so I never, we never called ourselves brick and mortar until the online world started calling us brick and mortar. What do you guys call yourself? Small business. <laughs> so, so, I'm not so we, I come into the space and like, when I say I teach brick and mortar, I'll have somebody who's like a dentist say, what is a brick and mortar? I'm like, well, you, <laughs> you would be 
be a brick and mortar. It's not a phrase that I think a lot of us say because to us, we don't know about you online business owners. So we're just thinking, no, this is small business. Like that's what you call it. If you go, oh my the- God, I love this. So Stacey's jumping right in. So hold on. I should probably All take right. a second. No, don't, no, don't apologize. Never apologize. Every time somebody apologizes on the podcast, you owe me a margarita. Oh, if God. I am drunk by the end of this podcast, <laughs> it's your fault. Okay. So the way that we, let's break this down. Stacey and I, our paths intersected inside of a mastermind because Stacy had a physical or what Stacy would call thank you I'm just going to call it B&M she had a B&M business and she comes on and she's really trying to strategize and take her online virtual aspect of her business and amplify it but let's not have that conversation quite yet yeah. she built a small business a small physical B&M business and she did wild things with that. So Stacy is such a unique guest on this podcast because there's many people right now listening who have a virtual business and who are toying with the idea of getting a physical space. And there's many listeners in the podcast who have a physical space and really want to take their business virtual or online. That's going to be the intersection of our conversation today. So Stacy, number one, thank you. Number two, you don't talk fast. People listen slow. People can rewind or listen at half speed. Let's start with your origin story so that people get a really good framework for how you built your business and then how you've been able to pivot. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for having me, friend. This is going to be so fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So I started, I was actually a dancer in high school and I started dancing at the age of 14, which is super late for a dancer. You typically start when you're three or four and you've been doing this all your life. I started in high school. I was so mad at my parents for not introducing me to the dance world. And I just went all in, especially if you know me now and I just go all in in everything. That is how I was about dance. But I knew high school was ending. I'm like, I can't be a professional dancer. I'm not good enough. Right. So I had that imposter syndrome. So I thought, well, I'll go to school. I'll get a degree, but I'll teach dance at the same time for fun. So I had 17 middle schoolers in my parents' backyard when I was 18 years old. It was a middle school dance team. And I started to just do this. And I always say, I wish I could say it was for the children. It was for me. I wanted to keep dancing. So three years later, I all of a sudden have a hundred kids still getting dropped off every Sunday in my parents' backyard. I worked from about 12 to eight and we just rotated out teams. And I was just a machine still going to school, bartending on the side, and then trying to fulfill my passion of dance. Of course, Stacy. of course you're doing all of those things. I have no doubt. Okay. So how do you, how does this then transition? When oh, you, are you in school? Like, talk to me about that. Yeah. So I'm now 21. I'm a junior. I'm, people are starting to recognize like, this is a thing. Like you might not mm-hmm. think it is, but there are people coming and they love it and they keep referring. I didn't spend any money on marketing. This was just word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So fortunately I grew up in a small business. So my grandfather started a company well over 50 years ago that is still around today. And we are in a construction business. So we dig basements for houses here in Wisconsin. And fortunately, my whole family was watching me saying, I think this might be a business. We don't know anything about dance, but this might be something you could charge for and actually do. So when I turned 21, I incorporated, I found a space, we got out of the backyard. So I just rented a small commercial building and had a place for the dancers to call home. And that was back in 2005 when we incorporated. So this is our 15th anniversary this year. Wow, congratulations. And now when you transition those 100 people into this <clears throat> rented space, yeah, how many students, how many teachers, what does that current business look like? How am sorry, not current, but is this, what yeah. does the dance studio look like right now? 
So right now in 2020, we have two locations. I own both of the commercial buildings that our spaces are in. We have about a thousand dance and music students. So we also now added music to it. And we have about um, 45, 50 employees or so that work for us, teach, admin, office managers, the whole shebang, general manager, everything. We've been grossing over a million dollars a year for the past several years. And I mean, when I tell you we sell, you know, $60 a month dance classes to people within five miles of our, you know, radius around our buildings, that to me is just, I can't even believe that that has happened when I'm not the dancer. I'm, you know, just the girl who started in high school and found a passion. And it's just snowballed into this incredible opportunity. I mean, I just had no idea where I was going with it. And one thing, if you don't mind me sharing, and I, and I know you well enough, we hang out enough for me to know I'm comfortable saying this, but you're not involved in the day-to-day of that business. Right. So that's kind of how even my online business started was because I had this first location. I started to go to conferences, learn from mentors. They started to teach me how to delegate and grow my team. So 2005, I was a one-woman show. Today I have, you know, 45. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you the real number. I think it's around 45 to 50 because I don't manage everybody. So I don't even know the people, the amount of people on my team. But I started to learn. I started to delegate. And then one day this horrible thing happened. I walked into my building and everybody looked at me and they were like, oh, did you need something? Why? Why? We didn't expect you. What's going on? What do you need? I'm like, oh, um, I'm the owner. (laughs) I could just pop into my building. It was like they didn't need me anymore which was what I was doing all along. But then I realized, but I I want to be needed. I want to have a place in the business. And I kind of got myself out. So I thought, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to open a second location and give myself something to do, a new challenge. But within a year, I was out of that business because it was that systematized. God, stay, stop. No one needs me. So I realized I can open a third location. That solves zero problem, (laughs) right? So I was like, well, maybe there's this online thing. Maybe I could do something there. Mm. And I signed up for a two-day conference. And I went to that conference literally saying to these people, I don't know what I want to do, but I know I need to start a new business that needs me that I can like really dive into again. I need a challenge. I felt super almost uninspired at that time. I needed something more. So you go to this two-day conference knowing you want more. You know, at this time, are you thinking I'm going to create another physical business or are you saying I want to get into the digital space? And then if you wanted to get into the digital space, what did you want to do? Because I want to make sure that people are finding identifying factors. Like how does Stacy's life pertain to mine and how can I follow her path? Yeah. So I went to this conference with very similar people like me. Um, there were, there were brick and mortar people, but then there was also, I sat, there was, it was a very small room, 25 people. I sit next to this guy. I'm like, Oh, what do you do? And he's like, well, I'm the um, CEO of young living essential oils. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a billion dollar company. And I'm sitting there like this little dance studio owner. So I'm like, okay, these people were stretching me. I didn't know what I wanted or what I was thinking. I did think I want to coach people, but I was thinking physical location. They're going to come into my building. And mm-hmm. then um, the, the conference was, this event was by Darren Hardy, if you know who that is. And Darren No, Stacey, says, you know, you're so much cooler than I am. You know, I know nobody in this space. Like I'm, okay. I know no one. So tell me, so, this I is know, a big you, deal. You and Britt are the same. You're like, who? no, I, you know, <laughs> 
So what's funny is Darren, at the time he was the publisher of Success Magazine, and Darren says, you know who I could see you being like? There's this girl. This is so embarrassing on Darren's part, but I'm going to call him out and he will be fine with it. But he's like, there's this girl. Her name's Marie. It starts with an F at the end. I'm not really sure. I can't remember what her name is, but you should check her out. I had no idea who she was. I'm like, okay, let me search. So then I go to lunch with these people and I say, does anybody know a person in the female coaching space, Marie F? And they're like, Forleo? I mean, like, (laughs) I was so crazy, but I had never heard of her. This was not my world. I mean, I knew none of this. So you Google Marie Forleo, you see what she does, and then what sparks? Like, what happens? (laughs) This is so, I'm so naive. I'm just like, I can do that. Like, that looks easy. (laughs) I, I just have to tell you because you think like, no problem. I got this in three months. Like my website's going to look like this. I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to be coaching these people. And then you're like, this is a different world. And there's some stuff I don't know yet. And it's going to take some time. But I'm glad that I got to see somebody like that to kind of see, well, what yeah. could this look like? And what is the opportunity here? So I learned a lot from just observing her. I've never purchased any of her products or anything, but that was the first person that I checked out online and it gave me something to shoot for, something to look at. That's amazing because she's like an, you know, a quality Olympic grade entrepreneur in like the online marketing space. I think that if you're going to look at somebody and model yourself after, I think, you know, you find that was a pretty good start. Okay. So you after going through all of this, you realize that you have a power play in coaching and you have a mind that's built for efficiency and you have a mind for strategizing teams. So now I'm jumping to the end because I just don't even know how to hold this. I want to reverse engineer. I like like those independent films that start with the end with the end of the movie at the beginning and then the whole time you have to figure out how it all works together. So this is me doing a very, very terrible job at being an independent movie producer. The end is that Stacy created the foot traffic formula. And I'm Mm -hmm. actually so excited because I was part of like that inception. Not that I was part of it. I saw it happen. I had nothing to do with your success. You definitely, (laughs) you pushed me and said like, go for it. Like I remember, I actually Mm -hmm. saved, you know how we do love notes in our mastermind? Okay, wait, hold on. We have to explain. We have to explain. So podcast listeners, we do this thing called love notes. James Wedmore was our mentor. We're part of the mastermind. And every time somebody stands up and it was mandatory that you stood up and you was mandatory that you talked about a struggle in your business to get remedies, you would get a note from everybody who listened. And then they had in, in additional insights, feedback, love notes. That's what the love notes is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So usually I would always do what we call a hot seat and get up there. And it was super scary because there are very successful people in the room and I'm sitting there going, oh, please don't hate this idea. So every time I would do a hot seat, I would get mixed reactions. People would either love or hate my idea. And I would come out of them not feeling the best because it was a lot of clarity that I had to work through. And with this specific hot seat, I brought up, should I do foot traffic? Like I didn't know the name at the time, but I said, should I do this? And it was the first hot seat that everybody was like, yes, yes. And I saved all of the love notes because it was like people screaming at me, do this, go for it. And it has been, it's been about a year. How long is, I think it's been a year and it's been the best move I could have possibly have made. That's, I, I distinctly remember that. And I distinctly remember it's like, oh my God, I'm witnessing somebody stepping into their power and purpose. It was like putting on your most favorite old pair of running shoes and being like, oh, hello, friend. Mm-hmm. Like we just jive. So you created the foot, track, foot traffic formula because you saw X and you wanted to give Y. Fill in that equation for me. So I saw, first of all, 
uh, let me, I'm probably going to go a little deeper than what you just asked, but I had this identity crisis of who I really was. And I kind of felt like I was being pushed, but I was allowing the push to teach almost online business owners. And I'm like, what am I doing? What, why Mm. am I not using the experience I have? I have a team of 50 and I love talking team. And every time I would talk team, people would be like, I don't need this. I want to know about this and that. I'm like, "Uh, I feel like I'm missing something here. So I realized I have this brick and mortar experience that I need to share with other small business owners going through exactly what I've been going through. Maybe they're a few years behind me. Maybe they're just getting started, but I can save them so much time and money and energy. And, and I realized I wasn't, I wasn't myself. It was almost like I was playing a different game or I was wearing a different costume that just didn't feel right. But everybody thought it was okay. No one was saying, what are you doing? It was like internally I was going, do I step away from a business that's making money, that's profitable, and try something new? And that was really scary. So sorry if I didn't even answer your question. (laughs) No, you did. And I think I want to tap here before we actually get into the nuts and bolts of the things that you're going to walk us through today. And for anybody who's listening and feels like you have to do or be something that's out of alignment to what you know you're good at. It is okay to look at your current situation and say, how do I play differently playing the same game, not trying to learn an entirely new game. And when I met Stacy, Stacy was at the crossroads of her trying to build out content for entrepreneurs, period. And what we all had to wait months for Stacy to say is I am building content for brick and mortar businesses and teaching them how to take their physical business and incorporate online and incorporate virtual elements of it. Mm -hmm. And then that's when we all had this like kaboom moment is that Stacy took her knowledge from the physical space and the virtual space. And now she guides and ushers people with physical locations and says, how do we incorporate virtual elements or how do we take your business online? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So Stacy, thank you. So in a nutshell, like who do you help and what do you help? What do you give them? Yeah. So right now I help small business owners, brick and mortar business owners, basically set up systems, get their foot traffic formula, like the marketing method that we have in place to get them consistent leads and and to retain those happy customers. But then a lot of times too, those brick and mortars will come to me and they're like, but I do want to have the online component. I want to be diversified. So it really is Mm. like people always say, you help the person you are. And it's so funny that it took me this long to go there, but truly helping that brick and mortar who's looking to diversify and step in and be the powerhouse that can run the business, not have the business run her, you know? So only took me five years, but I'm here. I'm here. (laughs) Okay. So this is absolutely brilliant and amazing. So let's just like break it down concretely. We know that in recent history, there has been a global pandemic and stores were forced to close down. And it was at this time that there was this reckoning that even if you're not going to take your physical business entirely online, it would behoove business owners to have a piece, half or all of it be easily accessible online as well. So to those people who know that there's like that itch that needs to be scratched, what would be like the first thing that a physical business needs to do to say, I'm going to start transitioning to get some of my content products or things online? Well, I think the first thing is to recognize that whether or not the pandemic comes back, this just showed us how fragile some of our businesses are. As a dance studio owner, we had zero opportunities online, right? If you didn't come into the building, you weren't being served by us. So it was a little scary. And I will say we are making drastic changes to now start to assess 
Where could we step into this? What do they need from us? Like, who are we already talking to and serving? And then it might not be dance classes online, but it might be something else. Like, I've seen so many small business owners go, but I do hair, but I take photos and I can't right now, right? So it's not that you can't do that specific thing or that, and that you're stuck. It's, but what can you do? How can we shift? What if you had to start all over from scratch? That's where I get my best ideas. I'm like, forget that I own this. Forget that I have this. What if I had to start completely from scratch today? And that forces me to think outside of the box because a lot of people are trapped in who they are and what they do, and they just can't see outside of the box right now. So I'm going to repeat back what Stacey just said, because if we end the podcast now, it will have been worth it. Regardless of what is going on in life, in the world, pandemic or none, There has to come a point in your life where you take a step back and say, now is not the time to fix the business I have. Now is the time to question what is the business I want? And when you ask yourself, what is the business you want? It forces your brain to think in new ways, not within confinements. So Stacy, there are people now who are listening and they're like, I'm a hairstylist. I'm a photographer. And even if we're not in a global pandemic, what would you suggest these people do? Because like, where's the connection between yeah. I do something physical, now what are you saying for me to do? What's like the next step? What do so, I actually do? So first evaluate, was your business affected? And w- can you even maintain that? You know, if, if I had to keep doing what I just did, we're thankfully back open right now. But if I had to keep going, how long could I maintain it? I know I could not maintain it with the amount of people I had consistently. So therefore I have to think outside of the box. Many of you will have to do the same, right? So if you know you can't maintain what you just happened, if it was, you know, thankfully it was temporary-ish, we're still going through this new normal, but if we know it's going to come back, why not set ourselves up for that success mm-hmm. next time, right? So for me, I, I don't really want to go the route of virtual dance classes. I mean, I'm going to sell them, but I know that that's not going to give me the income I had last year. So that means I have to start to go, What else could I sell them? What else could I do? I love, um, somebody just shared with me, there's a company in LA called Olive and June. I don't know. Oh yeah. I mean, girl manicures. Okay. So I'm obsessed. They like shipped out these boxes and they were doing manicure kits at home. And so hold on like time out for people who are not familiar with Olive and June. So everybody in Southern California knows Olive and June. It is like the quintessential hipster cool spot to get manicures done. So they do nail art. They do, they have like a weight line and it's not like a traditional manicure spot. It's very, very, very vibey. And so what they have done in transition to is they've diversified their physical space by adding at first, it was like decals for your nails. And then they slowly transitioned into coming up with their own line of Olive and June nail polish. And then they transitioned again in light of COVID by sending out entire kits. And then they were putting out online tutorials on how to do designs, but they were using their products. So they're creating tutorials, highlighting their products. They created an ecosystem. It is absolutely brilliant. And it was so well done. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. Then you have the other nail salon just saying, we can't, we have to close. I actually have Mm -hmm. a tenant that is a nail salon that rents attached to my dance studio and they just shut down. They just had zero income coming in for a few months. And it's scary to watch businesses that aren't actively trying to do something different. Now, maybe they're not going to come out with their own nail polish or fill in the blank. Right. But we, we had a few clients in our program. Uh, One was like a paint and sip. So what did she do? She started to get the physical items that she would sell and she did a drive through People were lining up. They have a picture of blocks and blocks of cars waiting in line mm. to get the materials for this. So 
this is the time to go, well, what could I do? How could I do this, right? I wasn't inventing physical products, but this is just an example of something you could be doing. So I need you to start to watch other people, get inspired by people that are doing this. You can watch the news and get really sad and throw yourself a pity party, or you can watch amazing business owners getting super innovative right now. And I think it's very important to really not have the conversation around COVID and not around global pandemics and not about hardship. This is an active discipline that as businesses in the virtual space or in the physical space to actually keep on ideating and trying things. Now, sometimes you are put under the gun to create something, but in a perfect situation that you will have a diversified offering so that it's not as impacting. I have seen like a local boutique owner it pains me when I see businesses going under as a result of not having like enough runway to, to substantiate like their rent for three months. So what she was doing was she was going through her current catalogs and she was creating boxes and she was taking them to her clients. She went through her database, went to like people who lived within a five mile radius of her store, was dropping off boxes and said, whatever you don't want to keep, I'll come back and pick out. And so she was invoicing. She was working twice as hard to make half as much. But now that it's open again, she's in full swing. And she has an entirely dedicated group of people who are saying, it's your boutique all day, every day. So when we think about diversifying and active things that people could be doing right now in their businesses, how would you explain to them what the foot traffic formula is? Like I'm a firm believer in here. If I'm stepping on over toes, you just let me know. I'm a firm believer in sharing exactly all the pieces and then people yeah. who are willing to invest to go deeper and get the handholding. But like somebody who's listening and says like, Stacey, I don't, I can't afford it. Or maybe I'm new. Like, what do I do right now? Like, what are yeah. the three to five things that they can end this podcast and say, this is what I'm going to do to get started on the foot traffic formula? Yeah. So first of all, we have four phases in foot traffic. So that first phase is traffic, like driving traffic actually to your business, your website website, your products, et cetera. The problem comes in part two, which we call touch, which is that lead generation piece of actually making that connection. So a lot of times people are just trying to grow on Instagram. They're just trying to get, I want to hit 10,000. I want to do this. I want to have this many likes, but what is it really turning into, right? So having that lead generation, that's going to actually lead to the sale. So I always tell people when you're just focusing on growing your numbers, it's like you're going fishing, but you've brought no pole and you've got no bait and you're sitting there hoping to catch fish and it's just not going to happen. So by setting up the right lead generation, right? The right lead magnet that's going to bring in the right person who's qualified. There is a difference between a lead and a qualified lead. And I think sometimes we're just trying to cast a really large net and think, no, I've got everybody, but how many of those people are really going to be your person? Now, everything that you were doing before, you have to evaluate, does it still make sense now? We had to stop our Facebook ads, shut everything down, stop what we were running. We had free trials. Well, you couldn't come in our building, so how are we mm -hmm. gonna have free trials, right? We had to stop and evaluate every single piece of our marketing and what we were doing and start to say, how do we pivot the message now how do we continue to reach out and be there to support? But then what are we offering them, right? How do we act fast and make this work? And I think the best word that I heard throughout all of this is agility. And it's like the power of moving quickly. How fast can you act? Now, 
you and I both know like we are fast action takers, but that isn't necessarily the norm, right? Some people, they like to think about it. They like to, they're a perfectionist. They like to really go slow and they, they like to sit on it a little, little bit, right? I'm probably a little faster than you because I'm like, you're, I'm a little messy. Jasmine, you are like, oh, I, I wish I could have a little bit of you in me. I wish I could have a little bit of you. I've never seen somebody move. It's like Stacy gets an idea at 1 p.m. and she has a team built around it by four. Like that's Stacy, and I love that. But like, oh my God, well, and, woman, and that's the thing. It's like you don't have an option but mm. to really be agile in this moment, right? Twenty twenty has shown us that we are probably a little bit more fragile than we realized, yes. and that agility of really trying new things and putting it out there. You're going to have to get good at it and you're going to have to put out that feedback. So that might mean by new lead magnets and new offerings, right? The next piece of the foot traffic formula is transaction. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Okay. 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 So I want to get super granular. I want to use your business as an example, and then I want to run in tandem a different business. So you said step one of the foot traffic formula was traffic for the, for the dance studio. What does that look like? And then step two of foot traffic was qualifying your leads, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. So for us, we're going to be running, we run, definitely run paid Facebook ads, but we also are on social media organically as well. But our number one source of leads is a paid Facebook ad and it goes to a free trial. So you've got to be really careful because when you're running lead generation, I see people do weird things like giving away weird things where they're like, oh, I'm going to give away a free fill in the blank. I have a, I have a deli, um, that I, that I work with. And she was like, I'm going to give away a free pound of hot ham. And people would, <laughs> grab hot ham and leave. I'm like, this isn't working. They're not buying anything else. Like we have to make sure that when we're doing this, you're getting the person that wants to shop with you. You're getting the person that wants to continue working with you. Right. So what did you tell her to do? Well, it's all testing. So when she says, I'm going to try this, great, try it. I don't know that it's not going to work. Like see what happens. But I was saying we, um, we call them free people, like free people. They come in, they grab the free stuff and they're out of there. Oh, the free people. You'll see them every time you have a free event, every time you got a free coupon or a Groupon, they're there, but they will never buy. (laughs) You don't want those people. So be careful when we do free trials for dance. Now, again, I wouldn't know until I try this, but we do free trials. And if I can get them in my building, 99% of the time they're closing. So that is a great lead magnet for us. It it attracts the right person who wants to come and dance. If I do a free event with Santa, it sounds like a good thing. Kids are coming. It's the right audience, but I'm getting a lot of freeples. I'm getting people that are like, where's Santa? How do I get my picture with him? And they have zero interest in the dance studio. So you start to put things out and you start to test and go, okay, that was a bomb. Like I held on to the free Santa event for about three years until I realized this is not converting. <laughs> this is not working. We have to scrap this, right? So you've got to try what works, but that lead gen isn't just about getting emails. It's about how well are you converting into the third phase, which is transaction. So all of this goes hand in hand. I don't just want Instagram followers. I don't just want an email list of 10,000 people, right? I want people that actually want my program, my product, my service. The last phase of it is tracking. So I know that the free trials work because I actually have the numbers. I know this many people opted into the Facebook ad, this many people said they were coming, this many people showed, this many people bought on site, this many people bought after. I could tell you all of those numbers. That tracking is the secret sauce to understanding where you need to put your time and energy. 
if you just keep driving traffic like everybody wants to do, right? They want to be active in 20 different Facebook groups and over here and over there. And then I say, well, what worked this week? And they're like, well, something worked, but I'm not totally sure what. I was on three podcasts. I did this many Facebook lives. We got new people. But if you don't know where, you don't know where to allocate your time next week. And many of us just don't have enough time in the day to keep doing all of the things. So tracking is so incredibly important. I know people weren't signing up from the Santa event. We tracked it. We saw the numbers. It's not happening anymore, right? You've got to look at that. So this has nothing to do with it. But you know, I just creep on you on social all the time. Because things were happening with COVID during Easter, you still wanted to have a positive impact in the community. So I'm guessing that you had an event for brand. Brand is just community goodwill. Now I'm going to see what I saw from the outside and then maybe you can paint the picture. Mm -hmm. I saw Stacy's dance studio seeing a need in the community, a need for connectivity without physical proximity, a need for a little bit of levity and light and a need for parents to get their kids out of the house. So Stacy arranged for the Easter bunny to be out passing out gifts. Now the Easter bunny was in a costume and nobody was out of their cars. It was like a drive-by Easter bunny. And here's the thing about Stacy is not only does she have multiple six and seven figure studios and not only does she have like a seven figure online business and coaching, not only she's the kind of leader who is directing traffic. And I'm not talking about like five cars showed up to see the Easter bunny. Wasn't there like hours and hours and hours? We we worked the whole day and um, I think think there was maybe 400 people, 400 cars that came. And then we went into subdivisions after for a few hours and just drove through subdivisions, honking our horns. With no, here's the thing. No, I'm a California girl. And so I wear a jacket when it's 65 degrees. How cold was it that day? No, it was beautiful. It was no, beautiful. it wasn't. No, it wasn't all. No, it wasn't. Okay, beautiful it was for us. Beautiful for Wisconsin. Yeah. What is, what I mean, was I, it? I was wearing my winter coat, but like you were. dad said to me, you do not need that winter coat on. It is so nice out. It was probably like 60. Oh, really? Because you were wearing your coat and you had gloves. I'm a cold so, person. I, as am I. I'm as am I. I'm just so am- I'm amazed that yeah. you were out there. And she was directing traffic. She's talking to people. Now, let's just take a step back from a business perspective. Did all of a sudden she see an influx of 100 kids in her dance classes? Probably not. But the next time that Stacy is effectively using geographic based tags for people that live within five miles radius of her studio, they're going to remember the kindness that was exemplified during a tough time and be like, you know what? If my daughter or son want to take a dance class, why would I not choose the studio that showed up just for goodwill? And I think that that's like a different component. If we can go through the traffic formula, like, let's just say. Can I really quickly, though? Please. Behind the scenes of that. Please. We want the tea. Spill it. Spill the tea. We want the ugly. All right. So here's what I want to say with that. I did a podcast. I was committed to showing up and basically weekday, every weekday, I showed up and did alive. Somebody watched one of those lives and messaged me and said, this was so inspiring. She sells birthday parties. So she, she's closed. She can't have birthday parties in her house, in her studio. So she's like, I listened to the podcast. I had this brilliant idea to sell Easter bunny baskets and have the Easter bunny deliver it to them. We're selling the baskets for $40. And she made like 10 grand in like 48 hours or something crazy like that. So I'm like, I'm stealing this idea. Thank you. Okay. So I had this idea. I'm going to, I'm going to do it, but I realized I'm so large. Like we have so many students that I knew that if I put out an offer, we wouldn't Mm -hmm. be able to drive to all these houses and it was going to be a hot mess. And then I thought, 
she's closed and not bringing in any money. I have at the time, 95% of my clientele who some of them lost their jobs. And now I'm going to be asking for more money for this thing. And that felt off. It felt like, how could I, I, or I should be thanking these people, not asking them for more money. So we did the free version and we made the people come to us. So this lady was delivering it to their houses. And I said, well, we want to do scale here. Let's get as many people to come to us and we stay put. And then, and it was, it was the best day. Like it was one of the most like memorable days I will ever have. I cried. I'm not a crier. You know that people like dads and moms were just like saying the nicest things to us. Like I would have paid money for that day versus Mm. people needing to pay me. Like that was, Mm. I mean, my, my employees were crying. It was amazing. Mm. Like it was such a good day. So outside of the warm and fuzzy, because you know, we're not warm and fuzzy, although yeah. To me, that just goes as a testament of like who you are as a human and where there's like pain and hurt. You just, even though it's unpredictable for you, even though those studios are without a shadow of doubt being impacted, you're still giving what you can. I want to just highlight that there was two physical businesses who decided to do the same thing yet tire- entirely different. Now, one was a very high touch very personalized. And one was for brand. We are looking at two physical businesses from two different perspectives, sales and branding sales. You want a transaction brand is how you make somebody feel. Stacy took a risk. Stacy took a risk. She says, instead of making money, I'm going to give back and play a long game. There's not a right or wrong. I just want to point out that there's the same idea applied differently. Now, if we can go through the quick, the quick, Oh my gosh, look at me. I'm getting tied up over here. If we can go through the foot traffic formula, let's just say I am a boutique owner in Newport Beach, California. And I just, you know, I just cut the red ribbon outside of my door with these oversized scissors. And I'm like, okay, I have my clothes. I'm feeling great. And I realize I'm getting one or two visitors a day. So then I find out who I can co- who I can be coached by. I come across you and I say, Stacy, I have a store. I have all the right product. It's in a great spot, but nobody's coming in. What do I do? Can you walk me through the formula right now? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, we're actually starting with touch, not traffic. So Talk to me, though, why? Why? Okay, because why drive traffic if you're not ready to grab the sale? If you're not ready to grab the lead, you're wasting time. So what if I, okay, so so we would start differently if I had a boutique and I'm like, I have so many people coming in through the door, but they're not buying, then we start the formula somewhere else? Yeah. Oh, if you can send them, so good. If you can send them right to the sale, and traffic and go right to transaction. Great. But sometimes they might not be ready. They might have excuses. It's like, I'm not going anywhere in a pandemic. Why would I need this right now? Right? So you might have to warm them up with something else. So let's say we go right to touch, which is really phase two of that lead gen. I get a lot of times people say, I sell clothes. How am I going to have a lead generating like a funnel? What am I doing here? So you've got to ask. Hold on. Let's back back. Let's back up. There might be people listening who have a physical business and they're not familiar with the terminology lead generation or funnel. Like, let's just go there. Let's go there. Like I have a boutique and I'm like, I don't know what funnel is. What what do you mean? So what I mean when I say a marketing funnel is I'm going to give you something and in return, I'm going to give you something of value. And in return, you're not going to pay me money, but you're going to pay me by giving me your email or maybe your phone number. You're going to give me contact information so I can keep following up with you. Okay. So typically a lot of times boutique owners, it might be, you know, 10% off and that's why they're giving them their email, but you've got to think outside of the box. People don't even know if they want to shop with you yet. And then they're grabbing a 10% off coupon. It may not make sense. But what you can be doing is coming in and sharing your expertise. Like if your best sellers are, 
scarves. Okay. I'm going to make up something. I want you to pick your bestseller. Okay. So go with that. But if your bestseller is a scarf, could you be doing a video tutorial? Could you be doing five ways to wear this scarf? I don't know how to tie it. I don't know what it goes with. How do I wear it in with five different outfits, right? Maybe I'm on a budget and I just want to buy a couple new things because I, I've lost my job and it's the pandemic and I don't want to spend a lot of money, but I still want to buy something, right? So you could be crafting for them, like asking them for this capsule or five ways to wear this new scarf that you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck, whatever it is. So many times people go right to buy my stuff, come into my mm-hmm. store. They might not be ready. They might not know you. They might not experience you yet. But when you start to educate and share and give so much more value like this, you said Olive and June, is it called? Yes. yes Olive okay. and June. And it starts to become a thing and everybody knows about you and they're recommending you and you start to build that brand. You probably, as a brand new business owner, still need some brand awareness. I can guarantee you right now, if, if somebody said my studio name in my town, somebody's going to say like, have you seen what they've been doing or have mm-hmm. you seen them over here? There's that awareness and you probably need to build some of that awareness in. Okay. So that's what I would say, but I'm not the person to say they need to wait and know you for 90 days before you can buy. No, go talk about the five ways to wear a scarf and Mm -hmm. sell your scarf and then upsell them with a second color or upsell them with the hat or like funnels are magic. They really are magic. They sell so much for you, but it's because it's strategic. One piece leads to another piece. I want to take a minute and I want to pause right here because what Stacey just explained was how a physical business then has online capabilities. So here I am as a boutique and I'm selling scarves. The minute you buy a scarf, even in person or online, I now have your information and I have information, not just on how to contact you, but your preferences. So a strategic physical business owner is going to look and say, okay, I know that Stephanie bought this scarf. I can come up and say, Stephanie, here are three items I think you might like. The hat, a pair of booties and frayed jeans knowing that she probably won't buy, but the fact that you thought about her, the fact that it was customized, the fact that you reached out and keeping consistent conversations is going to be a thing that buoys your physical business. So we're here and you're saying, Jasmine, you really need to start building out your your leads for your boutique. And so then I say, okay, I'm going to go live on Instagram. I'm going to teach people and I'm going to create like a $5 Facebook ad per day. And I am going to start uh, creating like five ways to wear five scarves in 50 different ways. And then I tell you, okay, Stacy, I have people now on my newsletter list and we have a couple people talking and people are kind of responding. Like I did an Instagram live and like three people showed up. What's next? Great question. So, and so far we've done all the things we're, we're seeing what's working. Now we go into when are we pitching the sale? That sale could be pitched in the Instagram live, or for somebody who's not ready to buy, maybe you're pitching that freebie. Maybe you're saying, maybe you taught and you showed your favorite way to tie that scarf. And then you say, if you want to learn four different ways to tie the scarf, to make it look totally different, go do, put the link in, right? Juicy. This is juicy. Here's my, my favorite part. When you go to give that name in that email, typically you go to like a thank you page and it just says, thanks. Here's the five other ways, or it's on your way to your inbox. That's when you say, but wait, did you want to get two of these or did you want, or maybe we haven't even pitched yet. So maybe we're saying, but wait, did you want to buy this scarf? Did you want to get whatever color? Maybe you were talking about, they bought pink and you're showing them yellow or you're showing them something else. So you want to be utilizing this funnel and people go, oh, but I can't sell. Like it's too fast. It's not too fast. They Mm -hmm. came here 
looking for education. They came here looking for that value. You've delivered. The more value you give, the more you get to sell. I always tell people, I sell more than the average person because I give way more value than the average person. So I get Mm. to do that. But if you show up once a month, then no, you can't pitch as much as I can or or promote as much as I can, right? So you've got to be consistent and give that value up front. That's really smart because if I'm going through, you know, your coaching your program and then the boutique next to me is not, it's not, and they're selling the exact same scarves. It's not necessarily that I'm doing something special. I'm just offering more value and benefits to the end consumer using the thing I want to sell. Ah, that's so good. That's so good. And then, so we have this going out, we have this value. Now we're like selling. And then the tracking part comes from a boutique. What's like a way that somebody says, this is how I'm tracking. Like, how do you say, this is how you track? Yeah. So you have to know your numbers. So I always say, is there, are you blind in this area or is there clarity? Typically when I ask people are saying there is zero on a scale of one to 10, there is just no tracking. They're so busy doing that. They're not able to follow up. So as a small business owner, we have to identify as a marketer. We have to be able to throw spaghetti at the wall, which a lot of us are already good at it. We've been throwing spaghetti all day, but we haven't taken the time to assess what is sticking and what is not sticking. And that is tracking. It's to go, people will come to me and they'll say, no one's opting in. I'm like, well, there's your feedback. Like that's tracking. <laughs> You've looked and no one has opted in. So that means we have to start to ask ourselves, but why? Okay. They don't like the scarves. They're your best seller. So there must be a disconnect here. What can we now be talking about? What can we now be teaching? If you come to me and you say, um, well, three people opted in and one person bought. Okay, great. So let's figure out the percentage, right? We're not looking at, I don't care about 17 or 32 people. I care about the percentage, right? Mm. So people will say, only three people bought. And they'll say, oh, well, how many people saw it? Seven. Like, that's insane. Like three out of seven people were on, three out of seven people were on your live and bought the scarf. Mm -hmm. That's phenomenal, right? So you have to really start to look at the percentages and then stop looking at everybody else. Start trying to outdo what you just did last time. That's where people start to get tripped up because they're like, I'm not Jasmine star. <laughs> I'm not fill in the blank, right? Like I'm not seeing my conversions. Like she's, it doesn't matter what the other person is seeing. It matters. Where are you? And how do we outdo what you just did last time? And then you mm. just keep getting better and better and better. You'll see the results. How do you outdo the person you were yesterday? That's it. Like that's, and I think that's what I really appreciate you appreciate about you, Stacey, is the fact that you marry business and you marry mindset because it is tough. Like I, I have mad respect for the people who have physical locations. It takes so much more grit to do the every single day. And I think that when it's grounded in be a better version of yourself than you were yesterday, it's so much more hopeful. It's so it's the reason why you wake up and be like, you know what? We didn't have anybody in the store today. Tomorrow is going to be the day. I think that's the thing that tethers. I want to just take a step back and I want to just give people a little bit of insight into our relationship. I will never forget in 2019, you and I, we both, I didn't know you were going to be working out at five o'clock in the morning, you know, like I didn't know you were. And so I walk into the gym and I see Stacy, And we both had the opportunity to do different things and you were on the treadmill and then I got on the treadmill next to you and we spent like an hour on the treadmill just talking. And I felt at the time, I didn't even have a podcast then, but I thought to myself, she really knows her stuff, but it's not just that. It's the fact that you care about the people that you're talking to. And that shifted something in me. And I thought to myself, if I ever have a podcast, 
I want her to come in and teach people things I have no clue about. So the fact that we're here and the fact that you have given so generously and so candidly, it means the world to me. And I just want people to know more about you and what you do and just watch you from a distance. Because if y'all think that I like to share content, Stacy is a machine. <laughs> like, I've never, like, this woman shows up in real time all the time. She is doing challenges. She's doing lives. She's doing teachings. She has her podcast, a very top rated pos- podcast. I've already mentioned this, but pod- top rated podcast. She's writing books. I mean, you're just, you're like, the Nordstrom version of the Energizer Bunny. That's well, what you are, Stacy. Nordstrom. So I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> I know you do, girl. I know you. Do. I know you're kind, Stacy. How can people find you in all of your amazingness, and how they, how can they go deep with you? Yeah, so you can find me anywhere on social media at Stacy Tushel. My podcast is Foot Traffic, and um, I love Instagram. Instagram is definitely my favorite. So definitely DM me. Um, let me know you saw this episode, and um, thank you so much for having me. And I will never forget the treadmill either. And one of the reasons is probably because I left you. I got ready. I go to walk out the door, and I realize it's daylight savings time. And I look at my watch. I'm like, I am an hour early to our meeting. Yes. So we were up. We were, we were, it was was the best conversation and I'm so grateful for you. And there's nobody in the world. I want to watch the sunrise with on a treadmill than you, Stacey Tishel. Thank you, doll. I appreciate it. Friend, wasn't that conversation just incredible? Stacey is so smart and just the sweetest. And I especially like that we talk at the same pace. Some people are going to have to listen to this podcast episode a little slower or listen to it again. I loved hearing about how she has pivoted throughout her career to adapt to her circumstances. If you loved this episode, shoot me and Stacy a DM on Instagram with your favorite part of the episode because we would love to hear from you. You can find me at Jasmine Star and connect with Stacy at Stacy Tushel. Thank you so much for tuning into the Jasmine Star Show today. Until next time, friends, I'll catch you on Instagram and here on the Jasmine Star Show. <laughs> <laughs>